today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Michael uh, Tobe is with us. He is a former speechwriter for Stephen Harper. He is on the line with us now. Hello, Michael. How are you today? I'm well, Scott. How are you doing? Good. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. First, uh, fascinated by uh, what you did as far as a speechwriter. Tell us a little bit about that. How do you do that? How do you, first of all, how do you get that job? Uh, secondly, how do you massage someone else's words and write a speech for them? Yeah, I've been asked the question many times in the past, and uh, basically the way you get the job traditionally for something like a speechwriter is who you know rather than what you know. Mm. And obviously I've been involved in the political process overall for over about 25 years, and I've been in writing for now over 20 years. So I obviously know a lot of people. I have a lot of connections within the small-c conservative movement in this country, so it was an easy entree into that position. But in terms of writing words for other people, you're right, and that's a real trick to this game, because if you have a thin skin, you're not going to survive very long as a speechwriter. I think (laughs) it's basically about as simple as that. What you have to sort of do is you have to A, craft words as you think the person will write it. In this case, that would have been then-Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Mm -hmm. So I've known Mr. Harper since about 1996, so I had a bit of an understanding of his ideas, his mindset, etc. But I also then had to sort of put myself into his shoes to determine what I should craft as a message for a particular audience. And that leads into point number two. You have to sort of massage the words in different situations and in different scenarios. If you're going to have a greeting, for example, at, say, a cultural event, that's going to be very, very different than a speech, for example, talking about a major foreign policy decision. Hmm. So you have to kind of learn to sort of weigh and balance the two ends as best you can. And if you're able to do that, you can basically create, in my opinion, very top-flight speeches that will work for basically any situation that you have to get involved with. How much is the person involved in the writing of it? How much do you work with them? You know, it differs for everyone, and each political leader is different. You can look at U.S. presidents, um, Australian prime ministers, (laughs) German chancellors. They all have sort of a different technique of how much they work with a speechwriter. I can tell you that very briefly, the speechwriting unit was very different during the time I was there and by the time that I left it. When I was there, there wasn't a very strong presence of the Prime Minister. We did meet with him a few times, but generally speaking, it was a lot of interplay with other people. So you would have many different senior people and many different eyes and ears looking at your work. So the Prime Minister would certainly look at it, but also the Chief of Staff would look at it, uh, senior advisors would look at it, and from that you would have this draft which would go through sometimes maybe as little as two or three versions, but upwards I had one that hit about 16 overall, and you have to sort of be pretty patient with things like that. Wow. So that's how he did it then. I can tell you that as the years went along, and a number of years after I moved, the speechwriting unit was actually shifted from Langevin Block, where we were initially based, to what's called Center Block, or the main House of Commons. When that speechwriting unit was put in there, apparently, from what I understand, the interplay between the prime minister and his senior advisors and the speechwriting unit was much more extensive. They would meet much more often. But I don't think necessarily one system is better than the other or one style is better than the other. I think you basically have to see what works best for the leader, what works best for the speechwriters, and how they, it, how they play from that point on. How many speechwriters would somebody like a prime minister have? Well, again, I mean, it, it depends on a leader. But for this prime minister, generally speaking, hmm, 
there were four, including myself, when I was there. Mm-hmm. I know that at periods of time they went as high as five. I think there was a short period of time when they were as low as three, but that was basically during a hiring period, from what I understand. But when I was there, the common number was four, and I can tell you for a mid-sized power like Canada, four, three to four speechwriters is pretty typical. High burnout factor in that job? There can be. Um, again, it depends how long you do it, and it depends how well you get along with people. Hmm. <laughs> if you hmm. don't have good interpersonal skills, you're not going to last very long, Scott, that's for sure. Um, but yes, yeah, sometimes there can be a very high burnout rate. I've been told in Australia, during some of the prime ministers who were there, and especially John Howard, who was a very successful prime minister there for many years, the average t- length of a speechwriter was somewhere in the neighborhood, and don't quote me on this, of three to four months. Wow. Which is extraordinarily fast. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the speechwriter was fired and then went off, say, to the public sector or private sector. He or she may have then been just shifted into another government position, but it's a pretty rapid turnover. I can say with Mr. Harper, there were some people who lasted very short periods of time, and there were others who lasted years, and that's just sort of the way it worked. Once you find somebody who does something well for you, do you have a tendency to keep them if you feel that they've represented you as best, uh, as best someone else can? Well, it's the, it's the logical way to handle things, let's put it that way. I mean, if you have someone who you enjoy, uh, the words that they present, the sentences that they present, the way they craft long speeches, short speeches, etc., I think you have to do your darndest to keep them there as long as possible. But again, look, sometimes there's also a bit of trial and error involved. There are some people who I'm sure went through there because I don't know the lifespan of every speechwriter that Mr. Harper had, and I don't know how everything went from A to Z, but I can imagine that in some cases, some people right off the bat were well accepted. You know, the people, he enjoyed their work and he was very happy with things. And others, it might have been trial and error that maybe over time they became uh, more confident, shall we say, in their position and were able to handle bigger duties. So I think it just sort of depends on the person. What makes a good speechwriter? Hmm. Well, there are a lot of things that make a good speechwriter. I mean, I certainly believe that experience has to be one of them. Um, And by experience, I don't mean political experience. I mean either writing experience or journalistic experience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a speechwriter right off the bat to write speeches. I wasn't a professional speechwriter before I did this. And I can tell you that op-ed writing, which is what I've done for the past 20 years, is very, very different than writing a speech for someone else. But you can certainly bring the elements that you learned in that particular craft into this new craft, that being speech writing, and be very, very successful. So I think writing experience is one. Certainly, without question, even though it's not always necessarily the case or the requirement, I think you have to be ideologically in sync with the political party or the leader or whomever that you're writing for. If you don't really like the person or don't agree with his or her ideas, Mm. sure, you can obviously write things that are contrary to certain opinions. I've been an editorial writer, and that's one of the things we do. The trick is we don't always write things that we agree with. We write things that are based on a consensus, and we may be the odd man out here and there. However, if you agree with most of what they represent, politics, economics, culture, etc., then it's very, very easy to work in that level. And the third and final thing, very quickly, is ideologically you have to be very sound. Like, I don't think that a person can really be a speechwriter and not, let's say in my case, have a small-c conservative position. I think it would be very, very hard to bring in 
say, a liberal or a new Democrat, mm-hmm. and hope that he, that he or she could actually evolve and actually work very well with a unit that is inherently conservative around him or her. Right. So I think those three things make for a good speechwriter. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.